Hello and welcome to the Supercoaches Box, the official Supercoach podcast powered by Mazda BT50. Well, the good news, people, is the blue dots have been banished. The buy rounds are over. Uh, we've got nine rounds to go in the home and away season, and that, of course, means the Supercoach season. I'm Al Payton, joined by Supercoach experts Ben Higgins and Dan Begala to uh, dissect, I guess, where we're at now, what the strategy is from uh, here to round 23, Supercoach Grand Final Day, and look at some of the uh, the best trades for this week. And there's actually plenty of options, which is... The timing's not exactly ideal, but uh, lots lots of players there to look at. So, Higo, how are you placed? How did you come through last weekend first, I guess we should address? Yes, a large improvement on my 1,300 <laughs> uh, from round 13. Uh, 1970 uh, fell just short, and I blame all of that on Lockie Neal for his 75. Uh, moved up to about 35,000 overall, so still a shocking season, but uh, an improved year and only three spots to fill now. Uh, in for my final team. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, well, we'll sort of uh, go around the table and see where we're all at. Dan, how about uh, you? Crack the 2,000 mark in a buy around. Can't be too unhappy with that. Yeah, I'm pretty pleased with that. Uh, 2059 after uh, some upgrade, oh, not upgrades, up to some um, scaling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on the back of a few good decisions. Rocky, I heard whispers he was out. Obviously, he was out, but um, I heard whispers he might play Sample. Then they got reiterated in the post-match press conference. So I moved him on for McRae last minute. It was very, very last minute, 10 minutes before the bounce. And McRae pumped out another 150. So the team's looking great. There's two spots to fill. And those two spots are going to be pretty much finished this week with Tom Stewart likely to come in and replace Derzma. And then it leaves me with Marty Hall at D6 in the defence. So that'll be Shannon Hearn in a couple of weeks and everything's looking great thereafter. Yeah, no, that sounds good. So I scored uh, 19.52 on the weekend, which is pretty good. I moved up uh, 1,000 spots. Um, I probably had... My big buy round was round 14, then I put sort of a lot of energy into that and really uh, getting a bit of a jump on everybody who was uh, struggling. I saw round 13 the week before. Um, so that meant I had a couple of players like a Dusty who mm. sat out on the weekend. So I had 19 players. One of them was Answorth who scored 38, I think. So he got uh, dropped the 19th score and meant I had to take Sicily's 40, yep. which is a bit annoying. I was hoping I might be able to not include that in my final score. But still, um, I think over the three weeks of the buys, I moved up about 11,000 spots overall. So that was kind of my plan going in to make a bit of a move there. And as I said, use that, that one round that most people found uh, challenging to get most of those uh, you know bonus rankings. So now yeah, we set up for the round home. And I've only got, depends how you look at it, I've got one rookie on field left, mm. which is Dersmer at D6, which is not mm. the worst situation. He's going all right. Um, but given the trade options this week, we've got some good, really good defensive uh, rookies to bring in, especially one that we'll definitely talk about shortly. Um, but I'm also in this unusual situation where, given the fact that you move everybody around during the buys, I traded out Will Setterfield, who was my link from the forward line to the midfield. And now I've got seven primo forwards mm. and uh, seven also in the midfield. So I'm one short in the midfield and I've got one extra in the forward line. So what I need to do is get someone from the forward line, like a yep. Dunkley or a Robbie Gray, probably up into the midfield. Yep. So at least for now, I've got you know even Charge. numbers everywhere. Um, but the trades are in defense. So it's going to be a bit tricky, but I think I can find a way around it. But that's the sort of thing that will influence my trade decisions. And I think a lot of people out there, it's going to be very team-dependent you know, what you're doing with your side. So I've got nine trades left. I think, Higo, you said you've got 11. Is that right? 11, yes, and I will need them all. So, <laughs> yeah, different. I put out on the weekend on Twitter that I uh, would have nine after the buys, and I just got people thought my team was going to be decimated over the final rounds of the season. But I guess hopefully I'm in a reasonable position because I've nearly finished my team already, and I can just leave seven or eight trades for mm. injuries. That's the, the ideal mm. plan, isn't it? But, um, yeah, just, you know, you just have to hope things go your way because skinny bench coverage could be a bit of a problem. Yeah, I think as we chatted just off air, my forward line's decimated with rookies. I've got Lockie, not Lockie Young, uh, Robbie Young, and that other Gardner who I don't yeah. think will play for the rest of the season, which is interesting. But um, the rest of the team looks great. I've got Clark, I've got Baker, I've got another young buck in the guts, and then back line I've got Nation. 
and soon to be Griffin Logue. So the team looks good everywhere else except that forward line coverage. But um, as you say, Charlie Cameron's brother looked pretty good on debut. He's a mid forward from West Coast. Will probably help link my Robbie Gray in the guts to the forward line. But outside of that, I've just got to upgrade Hoare. I've got to upgrade Dersman, which will happen this week, and the team will be ready and primed for a big run home. Yeah, that's another option, actually. I hadn't really considered. I'll have to look at that, whether he's worth bringing in as a mid-forward to just do a straight link, or the other idea that I potentially could have done was to trade... uh, I've still got Will Hayes sitting on the bench in the midfield. I could trade him out, move a grey up from the forward line, move Gardner from the back line to the forward line, and bring in a defender. There you go. It works, but it's, it's, um, yeah, that's where DPPs really come into their own. But um, that would leave me with yeah, pretty strong defensive mm. bench. I'd have still have Dersma, have Logue as well. Gardner as a loophole, but then um, no, Gardner be down in the forward line where I don't okay. really want him. So yeah, it's all a little <laughs> bit tricky. But uh, I mean, is is We should just get this off uh, the, the top. Is Logan must have this week? Uh, he go. He's about one hundred and sixty something. Okay, 164, but he scored 90-odd and then 103. Uh, 103 in his first two games for the Dockers. So is he someone that we just have to get into our teams, even though we don't necessarily need rookies at this stage? Uh, potentially not, but if you're looking for a, a filler, I mean, you don't want to be playing Ainsworth or Jordan Clark mm. or heaven forbid to have... Um, yeah, well, Nash is okay, but Gardner. you've also got <laughs> Collins and Gardner potentially on your mm. benches still. He's a... Hopefully a rock solid uh, scorer. So as he's taken over, um, Alex Pierce. Thank you, Alex Pierce's role. He's intercepting. What's a ninety and a hundred back to back? So uh, my, I'm almost thinking he's my last defender at this point. I mean, if he can average eighty, ninety, that's as good as Brody Smith. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, I'll certainly be making upgrades elsewhere before I look at replacing uh, Griffin Logue as my last defender. What about if you had Marty Hoare? Um, Daniel, he's scored under 50 for the first time since yeah. round one, I think, on the weekend. Mm. Um, you could make a couple of hundred grand by trading him to Griffin Logue. Yep. Uh, but a lot of people have been playing whore on the field, obviously over the buys, but thinking similar to what he goes talking about, that you could leave him in your, as your last defender, at least uh, for now. Um, would you still back him in for that, or do you reckon that's a good trade? Well, look, I play the averages here. I know that Dersma has been really impressive over the last month. He's been fantastic. He had 44 in the first quarter against the Cats. That was a great effort. Then died off. But um, I'm going to back the averages. Hall's 23 or 22 years old. He's averaging 84. He's had his first blemish since round one. Looks fantastic. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to get rid of the, the least priority players I've got down there, and that's Dersma and Answorth. They'll both depart my side, most likely uh, for Griffin Logue. Funnily enough, the, the, the Logies are on on Sunday <laughs> evening, and Griffin Logue will playing his third game as the bubble boy. So and it's ironic. Blues, so should uh, go quite well. Oh, well of course. Well, hopefully not. But um, yeah, it's ironic. It's it's almost written the stars, so it must happen. And there'll be a lot of stars walking down the uh, red car red carpet that night. But um, yeah, Logue will be into my side at the expense of Answorth, and I'll upgrade Dersma into. I think it'll be Tom Stewart. I really like his consistency. Obviously, he doesn't have the ceiling of a, a Shannon Hearn and the likes. But now I'm earmarking Hoare to turn him into Hearn at the right price. I'm not going to do it at some silly upgrade price of five seventy. I'll do it at 530, 540. Well, there's a couple of uh, defensive options that could be cheap in a few weeks. Here you go, sorry. No, carry on. Um, I was just going to say, um, you know, I actually brought in Tom Stewart on Sunday night as my straight-up trade, but yeah. I've, I reconsidered yesterday, and I'm actually looking at a double downgrade. I'm thinking mm. Nick Hine this week. He's uh, got 90 on the weekend. Yeah. I reckon he's pretty solid in that St Kilda team. Uh, it took him a while, but it, I think he's actually impressed Alan Richardson, and, and Richo needs to do something different, so he's... Probably not going to get dropped anytime soon. Um, so I'm actually thinking double double downgrade this week and then potentially one or two next week. 
Yeah, well, I was going to ask that. I mean, it's not normally what you'd be doing around sort of 15, but mm. is a double downgrade an option when you've got Logue? Um, Hine does look good. He's on the bubble. Patrick Nash is on the bubble. Yep. A lot of people went early, but yep. assuming he holds his spot in the side, he'll play his third game this weekend. And then potentially we have the uh, the mythical Jackson Haley. <laughs> you think I have to think he's a good chance to actually play for GWS given uh, DeBoer's out for a while. He could be the next one to come in, and at least this week... GWS plays, I'm not sure, it's early in the round. Is it Thursday it's night? It's Essendon tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. Thursday night. So we'll know. Um, you know, We don't have to worry about these silly uh, Sunday squads that he always gets in and then misses out. So if he came in, where does he rank amongst those bubble boys? Well, at the moment, my bench, as I said earlier, is quite strong. It's Baker, Bewley, and Dylan Clark. All of them haven't matured yet, so there's no reason to move anyone on. So I, I feel like I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. If, if Haightley does debut, well, fantastic for those that have a, a stack ready to go. But like we know his job security is pretty low. Um, we know his scoring's elite. But they, the GWS had a buy. I checked the Neefel. They had a buy. So he hasn't played for two to three weeks. So I wouldn't be. I wouldn't suspect if he didn't get named again and they took a more mature, ready-made player, ready to go for that Essendon clash on Thursday night. Yeah, and the other thing about him is that. I think if you wanted needed a, a rookie to play on the field, yep. he's not a bad option yep. because you know rather than playing a Bewley or somebody like that, he's only going to get you sixty or seventy points. Clark's been a bit better, yep. uh, but you know. If you think Haley can score 90, mm. then he's not a bad option to have on your field. But if you're just going to have him on the bench, if you've got a finished midfield anyway, um, it's a lot of money to be spending yep. um, for a guy just to be sitting on the bench when the cash generation isn't as crucial. Like it would probably take yep. him three or four weeks to get to a point where you'd want to yep. trade him. Then there's only three or four rounds to go then. so yep. um, Especially if you're bringing in Logue. So he's already 160. 160 so yeah. you're already not maximising your cash, yep. and you're spending 158 or whatever uh, Hatley is. So. And we just did that last week for Clark. Can we do that again? Probably not. Clark, he looks okay. I don't know whether he holds his spot, but we'll find out pretty early in the uh, round. He's pretty certain to play. Uh, yeah. Yeah, First was, half was quiet, four touches. Yeah. He's he, do, he got he's a few tackles. He was Yeah, he was around the ball. Um, I think he was playing on Shuey. Shut down Jaeger yeah. and Shuey and... He didn't shut down Shuey. <laughs> no, unfortunately. Shuey ran a mark. <laughs> yeah, that didn't quite work. But uh, there's a few good uh, Giants midfielders, you'd think. Yeah, we've got to Kelly, wanting. hopefully. I really hope he goes to <laughs> Kelly because I don't have him. <laughs> yeah, that'll work out pretty well. Um, so you mentioned down in defence. I reckon um, defence is going to be my last upgrade at some stage, probably not straight away. I'm, I'm sort of happy to leave Dersmer or maybe if I get yep. low, play him on field, as um, he goes suggesting, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, because you mentioned uh, Hearn, who's still got a high yep. break even. Yep. Um, Whitfield will come back Whitfield in at some back point. Two, three weeks. Yeah, and his price will high come B. down. So I'm sort of okay, I think, leaving that defensive spot. And then I'll yep. have uh, Brody Smith. I'll sort of have to make a decision on as well. But the Crows' draw is not too bad. So I think I can probably back them in. a shocking record against the Cats. I may play them this week. They play on Friday yeah. night down to the Cattery. Nice and cold for little Brody. <laughs> no, maybe I'll put Logue on field and Brody <laughs> on the bench. Luke Holy was, I mean, we'll see if what we can, can do. But um, in the midfield, there's plenty of uh, good bargain options available this yeah. weekend. So how do we rank these guys when you've got someone like Rory Sloan? Uh, we talked about him, I think it was on our... Uh, uh, live show on the Thursday about uh, I was humming and ahhing whether to wait a week for Sloan and in the end I, I was too impatient and picked up uh, Clary Oliver yep. for my sort of last midfield spot last week which I'm pretty happy with scored 115 or so yep. um, on the weekend but Sloan's averaged I think um, his average works out as about the sixth best yeah. midfielder if you take out that the one game where he got injured so the fact that he's only 5'11 is crazy um, Angus Brayshaw we talked a bit about him last week and he uh, put in another good score on the weekend, so it looks like he is back in the midfield. He's only 448k. Adam Trelaw's only 502. And then you've got Matt Crouch, who's 484, yeah. despite averaging 102. And if you take out his injury-affected games, he sort of goes up to around the 110 mark. So yeah. um, how do you rank these guys? 
I actually rank Rory Sloan as the top priority this week, and I think he's going to sneak his way into a number of sides. Unfortunately, my midfield's finished. I got McRae last week with Robbie Gay playing at M8 in Dangerfield, if you say so. But Sloan, you take the 35 out versus Demons when he did what I thought was his knee, but it was just a hammy, a really slight hammy tear, or nothing actually. He's actually averaging 115, which, as Al as said over there, he's, aver- he's ranked top six overall. So, I mean, at that price, that's clear and utter arbitrage. I think he ranked that alongside the likes of probably Bont and Pelly. He's, he's wedged in between the Bont and uh, McRae in terms of averages. So that's some great company to keep there. So I think Sloan's number one. Number two out of that is probably his, his little counterpart, Matty Crouch. That's just a steal at 484. Most mm-hmm. people paid 565, I think, at the start of the season, including yours truly. And then the next, at, at third, I'd probably rank um, Adam Trelaw. Had a fantastic game against the Dogs, 36 touches. Just racks it up at will. The issues with him is probably efficiency with his boot, but if he's getting it that many times, he's bound to have a massive one in the next couple of weeks, I'd suspect. Yeah, no, I really like him, and uh, Brad Crouch comes back this week as well, so that'll be handy. I could get the, the Crouch and Crouch combination. Any other names there he goes that uh, you really like in the midfield or, or elsewhere? I mean, um, Luke Ryan's still a great option down in defence. Up forward, you've sort of got the... Uh, I think Tim uh, Mitchell did the trade guide for us online, which you can read now, and he's really put it up as a Rowan Marshall versus Caleb Daniel for yeah. your uh, sixth forward. Um, have you got any preferences when it comes to these guys? Well, I had Daniel for half the year, so I'm pretty happy with that. He had a couple of quiet weeks, but uh, I, I don't know that uh, we can trust really any St Kilda players. Um, you know, they're, they're a Nick bit Hunt. up and down. <laughs> well, hopefully. Marshall's been sensational. He has been Absolutely. very consistent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you're playing in the ruck, you sort of get a, a free, you know, 70 points or something, and then yep. it's uh, what you can add to that, and he's so good around the ground. Yep. Even when they're getting uh, flogged, as they did on the weekend, he can still put up a 120. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think either of those options, are, you know, they're almost the same price, 530 and 532, but mm. um, very hard to split who will score more points on the run home. But, um, yeah, no, I definitely like Marshall. And one bloke, like, we've probably talked about him a number of times, Ricky Henderson, Oh, yeah. 530 grand and he just keeps producing Hawthorne were awful on the weekend and he still, still scored 120 so he's in their BNF surely if, you, if you're going to take a chance on Rowan Marshall there's absolutely no reason yeah. why you shouldn't be taking a chance on Ricky Henderson and I think Robbie Gray has obviously turned the corner as well last three weeks three consecutive tons looks fantastic will benefit from the likes of Wines being out of the side uh, not Wines Rockliffe being out of the side mm. for another week SPP might come back but Robbie Gray has a forward 116. He had 31 and 2 on the weekend. He's back to his very best. Do you think they'll leave him in the midfield? Because uh, so this was your call a couple of weeks ago, and I took your advice and picked him up, and it's proved um, to be a really smart move. Yep. Two weeks in, yep. um, but then yeah, Rocky probably won't play this week. Um, but you got you know Wines and these guys coming back. Mm. Um, I'm still nervous. Ken's going to put him back in the forward pocket. Yeah, I'm nervous, but I've saved 80 grand out of that transaction. So think about this. Um, they won. Ken said he'll he'll reward the players that got that job done. So I wouldn't be surprised if SPP gets stuck running around the twos again and, and Rocky alongside him on the weekend. That'd be the best option. But, I mean, what do you do there? SPP's got no forward craft. Gray has it all. What do you do? Do you take him out of the guts? It's robbing Peter to pay Paul, but maybe they do that. But he can still score. We know he can, but make hay while the sun shines at the moment. And we certainly have over the last fortnight. Yeah, one uh, name that got raised that I probably wasn't expecting uh, upstairs in the uh, Herald Sun office. Uh, won't name names, but someone was looking for a very cheap forward. Uh, they must have gone to see the Demons play <sighs> on the weekend, and they reckon Tom McDonald has turned the corner, scored 135, which is his best score for the season by about 45 points. He's only 345,000. Any chance you would consider someone like Tom McDonald? Was this Chris Mewden by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> someone with a much higher profile. All oh, right. You would have to be... 
desperado, I reckon, right now because you've seen one game. I mean, like one game of turnaround, and it was a famous victory for them. Come from behind, a lot of points inflated at the end. If he does it again, we'll certainly got to give him some um, consideration. But um, with an average of 67 for the season, <laughs> including that 135, geez, you're destined for a few putrid scores, I suspect, if you brought him in. And here you go, another player who's even cheaper than that, but uh, I don't know if I should even ask because you've already given us your opinion what you think of St Kilda, but Dan Hanabry <laughs> played his first game for the weekend, scored 96, I think, still yep. 326. Um, obviously, he's got another game this week before his price changes, so I probably wouldn't be picking him up this week, but is he someone that we should be keeping an eye on for? I mean, maybe if you just got absolutely no cash or no trades and you could just do virtually a sideways trade from a, a Setterfield or a Dersma type uh, to pick him up, or maybe you could, you know, make some money there and, and save it to do upgrades elsewhere. I mean, there'll be people in sort of, you know, weird situations who just need someone cheap. Is he an option? Yeah, well, Hannibal's not really a St Kilda player, is he? I mean, <laughs> he's come from a good team at the Swans to a rubbish team at St Kilda. So he's still a, a good player in a rubbish team. He hasn't been uh, indoctrinated into that St Kilda rubbishness yet. So, uh, like, obviously we need to see how he goes that second week. Uh for the life of me, I can't remember who they play They're this playing week. Playing the Tigers on the Tigers. The Tigers. Matt, so Matt Rewalt game. That's mm. right. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, look, he's certainly going to get a chance to run around and pick up playing the ball. I don't think the yeah. Tigers are going to send anyone to him. So I think I'd be very interested to see how he goes. And at that price, I mean, you really can't knock that back if you are, as you say, struggling for trades or uh, cash. Yeah, there's people out there who are, uh, you know, have fewer trades than me and have still got three or four. Spots left to Jeez. you know to finish inverted commas your team and um, considering most of those you know to turn a rookie into a, a premium is usually two trades one down mm-hmm. and one up then you think well that's like four eight trades, trades or yeah. four yeah so you know the numbers start to get a bit scary so I think um, there's people out there that that's not going to be the the worst option for but um, yeah well definitely he's obviously had a long time out with injury but we know what he can do even though last year he was shocking um, you know the history is there I'm, I'm wouldn't be surprised if he could average you know eighty five. Mm. for the run home. I think missing that first half of the season has actually allowed him to get his body right. Yep. He, he played injured at Sydney yep. and being out for so long, having a couple of weeks to develop in the VFL, he's probably actually at the fittest he's been for almost two years. Yep. I'd love to see him get back to his best because his body was so knocked about at, up at Sydney. And mm. I think he was playing through injury and he just kept pushing himself. And For two years, we didn't see the best of Dan Hanabry. He was an absolute ball fiend back in the Halcyon days. Uh, one name that I mentioned early on that we should uh, touch on before uh, going on to potential captains for this weekend is Sicily. Yep. So I was one of uh, many who put it, brought him in over the buy rounds. I don't think I was the only one in this room either. No, uh, he no, goes shaking dodge his head. That I brought him in the second. Actually, I brought him in the first week to cover yeah. for my for the second week of buys. <laughs> yeah, so did I. Actually, <laughs> went a week early, but uh, um, yeah, the, the odds of him. He did actually play forward in one of the JLT games, yeah, I think. He but then fall that day. <laughs> but uh, so we're a little bit nervous. That's one of the reasons maybe I didn't get him in round one. But then uh, I think Champion Data put the stat out that he played zero percent time forward in the first 11 or 12 rounds and then he's Clarko's playing him out of the goal square so <laughs> his, his comments were that you know oh, that, this experiment isn't really working we'll have to yep. take a look at it I don't know coaches can sometimes sort of be stubborn on these things and Hawthorne's maybe got to try a few things they're probably not going to make the finals mm. um, I mean now that we got him we sort of just have to wear it don't we but uh, what, do you, what do you think is going to happen with Sicily so they're playing West Coast who are arguably one of the best teams in the Commonwealth. we know that they are Surely you play your best players in their best positions. And for him, that's being the quarterback. He intercepts. He's the best kick in that side. He makes them look a lot better. He helps them rebound better. By putting Tim O'Brien or whoever they've been replacing that gap with, it's not making sense. They're getting scored heavily against. They're not kicking scores. 
So surely if I'm Clark, and he's the mystical coach, surely if I can see it, you've got to get him back in the right position. Yeah, and the, uh, the Eagles have a few tall forwards too, which yep. uh, means he might be Darling, Kennedy, and then you've got Petricelli causing a mark, so who's going to play on him? He's yeah. been really improving with each week. And he could play on one of these sort of younger than Oscar Allen or somebody yep. and, and float off. Yep. That would be kind of ideal. Um, so we'll hopefully we'll, we'll see him line up there as far as uh, Supercoach is concerned. Are there any other players that I've missed before we talk about uh, captain options for the weekend? Um, in the forward line, it's like I think the forward line's the most distinct of the apart from the midfield and the rucks because we know the rucks <laughs> are just one and two in daylight. But the forward line's got a, a flavour to it. We know who the top five are: it's Boak, Danger, Kelly, uh, Dunkley, and yeah. then little Daniel. That it's just so impressive to see how far those guys have got ahead of everyone. But tonight, what happens to Walters? That's something you should talk mm. about. But Walters, obviously, will will try and get off that headbutting charge. For the sake of my side and my rankings, I really hope he gets <laughs> another week. But uh, I don't like to wish that upon any player. But um, he's probably a good talking point this week because well, that will cause issues if you've got the likes of uh, Lockie Young, or not Lockie Young, Robbie Young, and uh, Gardner yeah. sitting at F, F7 and F8. Yeah, that bench coverage is going to be, be cause a few headaches, I think, yep. in the run home. Um, the other thing I should uh, mention is that we had a super coach draft uh, actually ran in the Hilton office during the week with some friends from Fox uh, and the Phantom took part and some of our uh, colleagues over at uh, Dr. Supercoach. I think they ended up with pick one. I'm not sure how that happened. But uh, <laughs> so just really it's a bit of an experiment because you can set up a league now, play over the last nine rounds, and we're... Uh, we're able to customise it so there's no finals. It'll just be sort of Premier League style. Whoever's on top of the ladder um, will take the chocolates at the end of the year and just a, a, a way to try out the, a different format of Supercoach when your team's maybe you sort of run out of trades potentially or you're, you're uh, getting a bit bored with how things are going this season or your season <laughs> hasn't gone that great. Um, yeah, it's another way to have a crack at it. Obviously, uh, it's all free. Um, just click on Supercoach Draft on your on the menu there and, and have a go at setting up a league. It was a lot of fun running mm. the comp. I think I got um, Jack McCrae with my first pick at pick five. seven and five. Yeah, they were my first two. Um, so that, that set me up okay. But obviously, if you've got picks one or two, you get one of the two rucks. Yeah, it's a huge gone. advantage. Um, so I ended up leaving my ruck to, I think it was my final just about the final pick in the draft. So I'm hoping uh, Ivan Soldo comes home uh, with a wet sail. <laughs> when Marrick comes back. Not Marrick. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be a, uh, Nank will be Nank. back in a month or so. So we'll see who's on the way of war at that stage. Someone might have to uh, might have to offer someone up a trade. But anyway, that's uh, that's out there. So encourage people to have a look at that. And we'll probably, there'll be some articles explaining how our draft is going. But looking uh, ahead to this weekend, looking at captains and vice-captains, we've got obviously nine games again, which is nice. That's fantastic. But uh, probably slightly less uh, loophole options, yep. I guess. But uh, I've got Jordan Sweet still on my ruck bench. The Doggies play Saturday night. That's not yep. too bad. Some people might still have um, a Liam Stocker or somebody who plays on the Sunday, which would be handy. Um, Patrick what are you Bynes at? Robbie West Young. Coast. Robbie Young. Yeah, well, the Eagles play earlier, don't they? So they're on the 145 Saturday game. So there's a couple of games before that. Essendon and the Giants and Geelong and Adelaide. So there's a few VC Rob, options Robbie Young's there. playing 110 against your mob on Sunday. Don't think he'll get a recall? No. <laughs> One goal and eight touches in the uh, VFL is not going to get wow. a recall, I would suggest. No. Um, so yeah, so there you go. So there's a, there's a few options there for zeros, which means, uh, I mean, is it as simple as going the big rucks again? So Grundy plays against North Goldie. Melbourne. So Goldie, that's a little bit... A fresh Goldie a as well. Tougher assignment than uh, what he had last weekend. Sorry. Uh, Grundy, he's Grundy. He's just Grundy. Yeah. He gets 30 touches and he gets 50 hit outs to his 20. Yeah. That's the way it was it'll a be. Yeah, Nathan Buckley wasn't that impressed with him, but... Uh, that's just coaching. I'm trying to push coaches. down his price. He's trying to push <laughs> his price down, I suspect. Um, and then on Sunday, Gorn plays Stephen Martin. Um, yeah, he'll kill him. And it's an interstater <laughs> as well. But the other thing we've got to consider here is there's one man who's just had a baby. Her name's Felicity. Yes. He loves playing against his old mob, and that's Dangerfield. Yeah. He loves the Cattery. He loves Adelaide. It's he, risky. He loves having children. He loves having children. <laughs> he loves playing a good game after a child. So for me, he's actually quite a 
if you're restricted and binds is your only option on mm. Saturday morning to use, I think Danger's a great shout. Loves it at the Cattery and loves going head-to-head with Sloan. Yeah, thanks for taking my captaincy pick. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty. So, mate. Yeah, no, I like that. And uh, last week... Uh, he didn't get a lot of talk, but Danger had a fantastic record against Port yeah. and backed it up with a 140-odd. Yep. He's back to his absolute best. He's so. fresh again. He looks like he's through the, the sort of efforts he's had, and he looks fantastic. And particularly when you've had a baby, I just think he gets this sprightly vigour about himself. <laughs> so he's, I'm, I'm going to give him some consideration. And this time of year, when you're trying to differentiate yourself, mm-hmm. everyone's getting closer and closer to 22 premiums on most lines. And if you do want to differentiate yourself, you've got to rely on those players that just go bonkers, score 180, or those players that get injured, or you make a really, really astute decision with your captain. And Danger could be the one. I'll have to go back and look at his record, but I know it's it's exemplary against Adelaide. Yeah, and we've seen the last couple of weeks, if you can just pick the right matchup, like, um, you know, some people who put the VC on Riley O'Brien a couple of weeks oh, ago, God. just knowing that he was playing against, you know, Richmond's third string. Mubby Oran um, Soldo. Bolter. Oh, Bolter, <laughs> yeah. sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and he just absolutely racked it up, and then even we had... Um, Lysette doing it on the yep. weekend. So players yep. can come out with a massive score. And given, you know, if you've got two shots at it, um, it's probably worth it because, you know, if, if Danger doesn't come off, you've still got Grundy and Gorn. As then a how do you pick between those two? Yeah, that's the next, <laughs> <laughs> the next tough question. All right, we'll leave you with that. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, everybody out there. And uh, good luck with your sides in the run home from the boys.